Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. So we are finishing up a series we started at the beginning of the month called Increase Our Faith. And all month long, we've been discovering ways that our faith grows. How many here, show of hands, would say, I'd love to have a little more faith in God than I have? I mean, that's, that's all of us. Like, whether you believe in Him or not today, all of us would say, I want increased faith. I want more faith. And so we've looked at some ways that our faith can grow. And today, as we finish up, we will look at a, uh, a really interesting way for our faith to grow. And I encourage you to just stay with me uh, as we look at this. Um, I was thinking about conversation and, and talking. And how many here are like, you're a talker. You love to talk. It's okay. We know. You, you talk right, you're off. We love that. We appreciate it. Others, you're like, hey, I could never talk to another human for the rest of my life, and I would be just so happy. I've got my dog, I've got my cat, and I'm good. Like, hey, so we're all at different places when it comes to conversing. And yet, even for those of us who'd be like, maybe it's not my, my favorite thing, I'm sure if I get you on the right topic, like, you'll talk. Like, we'll, we'll just engage a little bit. So I was thinking that if conversations was like a game of Jeopardy. You guys know Jeopardy? You've heard of this before, right? You're human. Okay, I'm a human. We know this. So if conversation topics were like a Jeopardy board, I designed what I think that it would look like for all of us. So take a look at the screen. This is our game of Jeopardy. And, and here's like the topics that some of us have no problem talking about. And then others are a little more challenging. So like, let's just start entry level. All of us would take the weather for a thousand. That's easy. It's nice out today. Yep. That's it. You did it. Like you just had a full thousand dollar conversation about the weather. You know, the Netflix series or whatever your streaming service is, some new movie, some show, like I can do this. Football games, right? I mean, you guys, if you don't believe in the Lord, 425, watch the Giants win again today against the Seahawks. I mean, clearly he's moving. His favor is upon us and our children, a thousand generations. It is just happening. Um, so keep praying with me, right? We could do that. And then some of you, you're so gross. Like some of you moms, babies poop. I'll hear moms like just talk about, yeah, they went three times today. It was soft. It's I just a little, the color was okay, the doctor said. And I'm like, you're nasty. Like you have no problem talking about baby poop. And then, and then we get to this column, Jesus. And we get really shy. We get really awkward. And it's like, I'll skip that. I'll take vacation spots for 600. Like, let's just... So today, what I want to do is I want to prepare you and encourage you to help you realize talking about Jesus doesn't have to be a column we skip over in our conversation. He doesn't have to be someone that we get concerned. Are they going to bring up, you know, Christianity or faith or church? I would love to, in our short time together, just say, hey, here's what you need to know. If you're a follower of Christ today, here's what you need to know so that you can be prepared to talk about Jesus. We're so good at talking about other things. And maybe like me, I'm here with you. Talking about Jesus just feels like the biggest hurdle to jump over. And yet, if you're a follower of Christ today, 
So maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Maybe you're here and you're just exploring church and faith. I want to let you in on what Jesus says our mission is for those who know God, those who believe in his son Jesus, like what your single purpose is in life. And here's the way Peter, the disciple of Jesus, puts it. 1 Peter 3.15 Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. That's a great verse. Always be prepared. And today I want to share with you two things, just two things, that you would need to know if you're a follower of Christ who says, I always want to be prepared. Now notice, it's to give an answer to who? Everyone. Does that include your boss? Yeah. Does that include your annoying friend? Unfortunately. Does that include the family member you hope doesn't show up to Thanksgiving this year? Yep. Everyone. But also notice, it's everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. So Blaze Church, today is not about mobilizing an army of people that will go and annoy the rest of the world, okay? It's not about just going up to strangers and random people. and, and just, It's none of that. It's what about those moments where you know the conversation is trending towards Jesus, you can kind of feel like this person's going to ask me about my, my weekend, church, or somehow faith is going to come up. And instead of skipping over the conversation topic, we say, oh, I'm prepared for this. Wouldn't that feel great? To be like, yeah, I'm prepared. So let's get prepared. In, in just 25 minutes time, is that possible? I believe that it is. We're in this series, Increase Our Faith, and we've discovered that Scripture increases our faith. When we read God's Word, it renews our mind. That praying increases our faith. It causes us to be dependent on the Lord. On our seven-year celebration Sunday, we discovered generosity increases our faith. Because it certainly takes God, faith in God to trust Him with our money. And by the way, if you haven't signed our seven-year board, it is out in the lobby. Make sure you put your name on that thing whenever you started uh, coming to Blaze Church. Last week, Pastor Labuto, how many were thankful for him last week? I mean, he just brought an encouraging, dynamic message from, from Zambia, right? He shared with us how overcoming temptation and keeping our vows, it's a way of increasing our faith. And today, I would like to share with you what seems like, really? Are you sure that'll work? Kind of a chicken-egg thing? Does this come first, or does increased faith— They're having fun, parents, trust me. It's, it's all happy screams, okay? Some of the, I'm going to get up right now and get my kid. They're good. They're just having fun. Uh, this way of sharing our faith might be—or or rather, increasing our faith might be the greatest way for its increase. And it's simply this, sharing our faith. Like, sharing your faith will actually increase your faith— and we look at that and we say, yeah, but I don't know, what should, don't I need more faith in order to share my faith? Well, if you share your faith, you'll have more faith. How does that work? We're going to discover it. And it's going to be awkward. And I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. And that's okay, because when you leave today, you're getting candy. So you'll come back for the candy, <laughs> if not for anything else. But sharing our faith actually increases our faith. Let me give you three ways that sharing our faith increases our faith. The first thing is this. It grows our trust in God. When we share our faith with others, we are naturally going to depend on the Lord a little bit more. Right? Think about it. If you, if you decide, you know what, tomorrow at my job, I'm going to be a person that shares my faith. You better believe that you're going to be trusting in God a little bit more. 
you're going to say, God, I don't know if I'm prepared for this. God, I, I don't know if, if, if this person is going to receive it well. So I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to believe that, God, you have the best plan for my life and for my friend's life. When you become someone who says, I'm going to share my faith, you're going to trust in the Lord more. Here's the second thing. It builds our love for others. How many people here, let's be honest, we got some people, they're hard to love people in our lives. If they're sitting next to you, don't nudge them. That's not nice, right? But we've got people in our lives where we say, it's just, it's hard for me to love this person. But if you become someone who starts sharing your faith with others, you're going to start loving the person the way the Lord does. Because God loves that person. God cares about that person. You're going to just naturally say, God, you need to build my love up for this person. So again, just great things that happen when we choose to share our faith. And here's the third thing. It causes us to live holy lives. If you start being a person that's going to start talking about God and faith and church and Jesus with others, you're going to want to start actually living like you know who Jesus is. Because it's going to be real hard for you to say, hey, Jesus has changed my life. And that person's like, I don't see no change. Actually, you're grumpier than I am, and I don't even know Jesus. Right? Like, that's just real. Like, when you decide to actually live out your faith and say, I am going to share Jesus with the people around me, you're also at the same time saying, Holy Spirit, listen, I'm jacked up. I need you to do something in me because they're not going to believe me by the way I'm living. And then maybe we might surrender the parts of us to him that he wants us to surrender, which is all of it, by the way. So it's just so beautiful. Like, sharing your faith will increase your faith. But the question then comes up, like, very practically, well, how do I do this? Like, really, face-to-face -face with another person, how am I supposed to be prepared for that moment? Because it's awkward, and it's messy, and anything can happen. So let's discover just two things, two, two simple things that you would need to know if you want to be someone that shares their faith. And to discover those things, we're going to look at someone who is known as the Samaritan woman at the well. And we're not going to read her entire story. John chapter 4 is where you can read about her life and how she met Jesus. But here's some things you need to know about the Samaritan woman at the well. And it's all in this one phrase. She was an outcast. She was an outsider. She was someone that you would look at and say, you don't deserve to know God based on your beliefs, based on your lifestyle, based on your past. Like on every form of a definition, we would look at her and say, there's no reason why this person should come to know Jesus. And yet, on this day that we read of in John 4, John is the fourth book in the New Testament, we read about how Jesus meets her at the well. And he shows her compassion. And he loves her. And he listens to her. And he challenges her beliefs. And he confronts her sin. And he reveals himself to her. And that is very good news for all of us. Because if today you feel as if I'm so disqualified from ever knowing Jesus, I'm such an outcast, I've made such a mess of my life, then you need to know Jesus is for you today. Jesus loves you. Jesus is willing to meet you where you are. And here's what he does for the woman at the well. He says, John chapter 4, verse 26, Then Jesus told her, read these words with me. 
I am the Messiah. And this moment is absolutely revolutionary. Jesus says to this woman who, she has no right to know him. She should not know that he's the Messiah for sure. And when he makes this statement to her, when he reveals who he is, he's inviting her to know him. Hey, I am the Messiah. Because people, Jews and Samaritans, for thousands of years have been wondering, who is the Messiah? When will he come? Because they know he will rescue the world. And now he says to her, an outsider, I'm the guy. That's beautiful. And then what she does next immediately is what I would love for you and I to discover we should be doing if we also have met the Messiah. If you know Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, then we should respond as if we were there that day and we met him. And look at what she does. So it says, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? In this statement, in her response to Jesus saying, I'm the guy, we discover two things that we need if we want to be prepared to share the reason for the hope we have with others. The first thing that we get from this woman's statement is what I'll call a personal testimony. How many of you know about testimony time? Don't worry, we're not passing the microphone today. Some of you are like, Lord Jesus, please. I'm trying to make one o'clock kickoff. Do not pass the mic. But I came from a church where it was testimony time. And we would wait for brother so-and-so to step up and give his testimony. And then three hours later, sister so-and-so would go. And he'd just be waiting and celebrating. So maybe that word testimony for you is like, no, 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 no. I'm not there. It's too churchy. So let's not make it churchy for a minute. We know the word testimony outside of a church context. What's a testimony? It's just an account of what you've seen and heard. Like, you watch Judge Judy. You, you, you've seen law shows. Right? I want the testimony of the witness. I want the testimony of this person. They're giving a report, hopefully true. They're giving a report of what they've seen and heard. It's their testimony. It's simply their story. So the woman, she goes back to the townspeople. And did you see what her testimony was? Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. To which I would say, why in the world are you so excited about this? She doesn't go back and preach doctrine. She doesn't go back and start quoting the Psalms or Scripture. She goes back with a personal testimony and says, this guy, he told me everything I ever did. And if you read John 4, you'll see how much stuff that is. All that she's done, all that's been done in her life, all the choices. And she goes back, and what she says to them is, I've met someone who exposed my past, who confronted my beliefs. He challenged me. It's my story. What did we read in 1 Peter? Do you remember what Peter says we should be prepared to give? 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. What does he say we should be ready to give people? 
An answer for what? The reason for what? The hope. I don't see anything in that verse about our political stance. I don't see anything in there about our view on a vaccine, about Halloween. Right? I mean, unless you got a different version of the Bible than I'm reading from. I see, give people the hope that you have. The hope in who? Jesus. Just give them the hope. Maybe the reason why we'd rather talk about baby's poop than Jesus is because we think talking about Jesus means I need to have my, my, all my defenses ready. Every Bible verse. I've got to be prepared in season and out to preach the word. I don't want to say that. Give people the reason for the hope that you have, which also means you can't share about your spouse's hope. Can't share about your friend's hope. Can't share about your family's hope. It's the hope that you have in Jesus. So that should cause us to ask two questions. One, do you have hope in Jesus today? Like, I'm so glad you're here this morning because you are hearing through music, through the message, through prayer, that Jesus is the hope of the world. Jesus over everything. And so our question to you and to all of us needs to be asked this question. Do you believe that Jesus is in fact the only hope of the world? Like the hope, not the outcome of an election, not a, a future career that you're hoping for, not a person, but Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know that apart from him, you are lost in your sin, but God sent his son to this world to die for you so you might be made new? Do you know God personally? And if you do, then here's the question. Do you know how to talk about that hope? Like, do you know how to share your personal testimony with somebody in a way that causes, as we'll see, the townspeople to say, I want to know. Like, I want to know. So let me just, again, this is going to feel a little like a class, but I'm okay with that for today. Let me, let me just give you, if you're saying, okay, I want to know how to share my personal testimony. Like, give me some ways to do this. Two, two quick things. You want to share your personal testimony? It's got to include this. Before, how, and after. So if you're thinking through, how do I talk about my personal testimony? Someone asks, hey, you're a Christian, right? What does that mean? Before, how, after? Before Jesus, I was. Now listen, don't try to make yourself look better than you were. I lied once in a while. Come on, man. Before Jesus, I just, I got worried. We all do, right? <laughs> Be real. Before Jesus, I was selfish and I was angry and I worried about everything. Before Jesus, I was addicted to pornography, to substances. Before Jesus, I thought I was living the good life because everything was put in order, but I was still empty on the inside. Like, who were you before Jesus? And then how? How did Jesus make you new? Jesus didn't come to this world to make bad people good or good people better. He came to make dead people alive. So when you share your personal testimony, you say, before Jesus, and now here's how he changed my life. I had an encounter with the living God. I heard the gospel that says, I am way more sinful than I'd ever admit, but I'm also way more loved than I could hope for. Jesus has changed my life. And after, now because of Jesus, I live for him. He calls the shots. 
He's in charge. And I don't always agree with what Jesus wants to do, but he's Lord and Savior of my life. Like, that's a personal testimony. And also, here's another point. Make Jesus the hero. So don't, don't be like, here's my personal testimony. I was so lonely, and then Jesus sent Mr. Right into my life. And now life is so much better. Praise you, God. It sounds like that dude is your Savior. What happens when he dies? What happens if, if he doesn't keep his covenant? You know, I was just— had no purpose. God brought the right job into my life, sparked something in me. Now I got Pinterest followers, and I'm an influencer, and life is great. Okay. You ever heard of an economic collapse? Like, what happens when you lose your job? It sounds like your Savior isn't Jesus. It's an idol. So make Jesus the hero. When you share your story, it's not about external circumstances. It's about an internal life change. So you're telling me when you met Jesus, you still don't have a job? Yup. And you're happy? Oh yeah. Happiness isn't attached to a circumstance. I've got joy in the Lord. Like make him the hero. And that's what this woman does in that simple sentence. <laughs> Come meet some guy who told me everything I ever did. She's not hiding anything. And look, as simple as the testimony is, John 4, 39. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. Do you think we're complicating sharing our faith? Like, all she does is say, come, come on, he, he told me everything. What was it? I'll tell you on the way, but you got to meet this guy. No Bible verses, no doctrine, no stances, no defenses, none of that. Just here's my personal testimony. The second thing she does there, it's a personal testimony, but it's also connected. John 4, 29, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? Read those first three words with me so loud that we disrupt Blaze kids for a minute. Come on, come and see. There you go. How you like that? <laughs> Having fun today. You know, I threw down a Reese's so fast before I got on stage, so I think the sugar's kicking in. Come and see. Come and see. It's a personal testimony paired with a personal invitation. That's all she does. Come and see. Come and see. And those words, when you look at them in the Greek, the word come is an exclamatory word. That's important to realize. The tense of that word when she says it, that's written for us in the Greek, because that's how the, the New Testament was originally written. It's an exclamation point. Come on! I found myself at times being like, you know, if you want to, you should come to church maybe. I understand if you got something else going on. We all got stuff going on. I mean, I'm just saying like, if you want. Oh, that's great. That's convincing, sure. <laughs> you made your church sound awesome. Like, if you got anything else to do, I totally understand. It's sunny, go to the beach. It's raining, don't get in your car. But, you know, if you find yourself, you can watch us online. It's fine. That's not exclamation. Like, listen, guys, I'm so excited. You do know in three weeks, the white peppermint mocha comes back to Starbucks. And you better believe people like me, are, did you know it's back? The white peppermint mocha's here. We've waited for this. And the creme brulee, it's all back. I'm going to be so excited about coffee. And then our come and see Jesus is as quiet as we could be because we don't want to offend someone. 
because we're afraid they might say no. That word see in the Greek means to personally experience. So don't miss it, because this is a real woman in a real town on a real day who's been changed by a real God, and now she's so fired up that she's saying, you need to come with me now. She left her water jug. She don't care about that. And that was valuable. And she runs back. Come and see. You've got to come with me now. He still might be there. Could this be the Messiah? And there's joy and there's excitement. And today, if I could just be someone that would inspire you to say, I'm going out this week and I'm going to invite some people to come and see Jesus. And when they ask me, why are you a Christian? I'm not opening the Bible in that moment. I'm simply saying, he's changed my life. Come and see him. Come on, let's spend some time together. He told me everything I ever did. So let's get real practical. When's a good time to have this conversation with people? Because it's not about being weird, right? You, you go back to the Jeopardy board. I'll take the weather for 600. Someone goes, oh, it's sunny out. Yeah, you should know the Son of God. That's weird. <laughs> this isn't about tricking people into Jesus through some awkward moments. Notice she doesn't get a poster board and a bullhorn and goes out, turn or burn. None of that. None of that. So let's, let's just, like, can I share with you, there's best times for you to talk about faith in God. So if someone doesn't specifically ask you, they're asking in other ways. And I want to suggest, really, Andy Stanley, who pastors North Point Community Church in Atlanta, Georgia, he says there's three knots we should listen for to know if it's the best time. Here they are. You should write these down. When someone says, I'm not in church, things are not going well, or I was not prepared for this. Some version of those knots is a best time for you to invite. Because what are they expressing? Dissatisfaction in their life. Hey, I'm not going to church. I gave up on church. Church is good for you. It's not good for me. I just, I'm, things are not going well in my life, in my parents' life, in my marriage, in my kids' life. They're just not going well. I wasn't prepared for this. The diagnosis, the medical reports, the job change. I just, I wasn't prepared. It's the best time for you to step in as someone who knows the hope of the world. And I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to give you one sentence that you should say in that moment so you don't get tripped up on any of it. Just one sentence. Before we get there, notice the woman goes and gives her personal testimony, brings a personal invitation, and we think it's not deep enough, and yet here's what we read in the text. John 4, 42. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. She changed people's lives. And do you know what the craziest part about this person is? We don't even know her name. She's just called the woman at the well. And someday we'll meet her in the resurrection. And you better believe the first thing I'm saying is, what is your name? We talked about you for thousands of years. I don't even know your name. But what, but what is it? You were bold. You loved people. She concluded that Jesus was not just for her. Jesus was for the whole town. She said, he's not just for me. And she isn't known as a pastor or a prophet or a professional evangelist. 
She's someone who encountered the living God and said, come and see. Come on. That's good news for all of us. That's certainly good news for me. There's no professional Christians in this thing. There's people who have been changed by the love of God and realize you need to see him too. You, you need Jesus. So the best time, maybe when someone's expressing one of the knots, what do we say? As I was praying through this and thinking and reading and studying and saying, you know, I, we need something deep. We need something good. We need something big. We need something theological. I got none of that. I got a sentence that I believe is perfect for those moments. Do you want to know what it is? Or we'll, we'll skip the slide. I won't show you. All right, I will show you. Ready? Someone says, I'm not going to church. Things are not going as I thought. This is just not good. <gasps> you should come to my church. <laughs> and you're laughing because I thought of it and you didn't. <laughs> you never thought of saying that. I I'll prove it to you. Look around for a second. There's empty chairs. You know why? Because maybe like me, you've thought that when someone expresses dissatisfaction with life, you think you have to answer with some Bible verse or some doctrinal statement or you fall into the trap. They start talking about a different lifestyle or a different political view or some other thing and you think, oh, now's my moment to defend the faith. No, no, no. If you and I just thought of this, hey, you should come to my church. That's awesome. That, like... Why not just start there? Why do you have to think that you have to be out there on your own when there's a family of believers who are praying with you and love you? And this, this church is built in a way where you can invite people out and they can experience the love of God on any Sunday. Like, like that's so great. And we're going to make it, we'll make it even easier. Hold on. Ready? So not just say it, but we got these cards and they're, you should come to my church. Like, that's so easy. Watch how easy this is. Ready? Monday morning. I'm getting ready today. Get that in that pocket. Now, what am I doing? I'm ready to share my faith. So I'm going to depend on the Lord. I'm already praying. Lord, bring me to someone that I can give this card to today. I'm going to love people because I'm going to start looking out for them. Most likely, the Holy Spirit's going to ask you to give the card to the person that cut you off in Starbucks line. Just so you know, it's going to be the person you love the least. And God, I just, I want to live for you today because I'm actually going out into the world knowing I'm getting ready to share my faith with someone. So instead of cursing, I'm going to bless. Instead of being anxious, I'm going to have peace today. Instead of being miserable, I'm going to choose joy because God, I'm ready. You get ready like that in the morning and I guarantee you, you'll have a day, you'll have a moment every day where you give this out. You should come to my church. You should come to my church. Now I could tell by looking, you don't believe me. You think this is hard. You think you can't do this, but you can. I'm going to prove to you. Watch this. Ready? On the count of three, let's all say this. One, two, three. You should come to my church. Okay, now I want you to say it like you actually believe it, and it's not a question. You ready? One, two, three. You should come to my church. I told you you could say it. You, you still don't trust me. All right, let's make it a little harder. Look somebody in the eye right now. Go ahead and turn to somebody and tell them, you should come to my church. Come on, come on, look at somebody. Ready? Arrows, one, two, three. You should come to my church. You could say it to a person. All right, now, the person you just ignored because you thought they weren't good enough. 
Look at somebody else, okay? Go ahead, look at somebody else. Look at some, right? Let's try it again, right here, right? You should come to my church. See that? Even people you don't like or don't know, you could say it to. But I know, you're thinking, you're thinking this, yeah, but this is, you're telling me to give a card and say it, like I feel like a, a car salesman. No, you don't. No. You can, everybody stand up for a second. This is a different Sunday. Come, stand up, stand up. Some of you came from churches where you stood up and knelt down the whole service. You could do it one time. It's not gonna hurt. Josh, would you mind? And, and where's Matt? I got the Palmieri brothers today helping me out. Give it up for Matt and Josh. Matt and Josh. Matt, come over there. Right. We're gonna do it a little, little different. That's okay, a little different. Ready? We're gonna put on some music. Everybody come up and get a card and find somebody and give them the card and say, you should come to my church. Come on, come on, we can do it. Let's go. Get a card. You should come to my church. You should come to my church, and you should come to— Go get a card. Go, you got to do it, too. Come on. I told you it's not scary. Thank you. I will. I told, it's not scary. You're fine. Look, they're even including the production team in the back. They're making sure they're coming. <laughs> all right, all right. So listen, you can do this. I don't know, I feel like, I feel a little more like Oprah today. Like, I can do this. Like, I got this. But really, like, you, you can do this. And here's, here's why this matters. And, and if you're able, stand. We're going to sing a worship song together as we end our time. But I just want you to realize this is just a practical way to begin sharing with people around you that you have the hope of the world. You know him. He knows you. And he desires to know the people in your life. Why? Because before Jesus, I was living for myself. And I was lost, but Jesus found me. And now I have purpose. You should come to my church. You've got to meet him. This is the Father's heart. This morning, if you don't know Jesus for yourself, I want you so much to listen to these verses as they speak life to you, maybe for the first time, that you would know, why did Jesus come to this world? What was his purpose? Was it simply to give us rules to follow? No. Was it just to be a good example? No. Jesus himself says in Luke 19, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He came to seek you, to save you, to make you new. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And until you know the Creator, you'll never know your purpose. I read this verse this week, and I was so grateful as I read it. I just sat there with my Bible and said, Lord, you are too good to us. 1 Timothy 2.4, God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Is that not a verse worth celebrating this morning to say, thank you, God, that you came and that your desire is to know me, is to save me and to save my family and my friends? It's his heart. And the church mobilized is the hope of the world. You and I filled with the Holy Spirit, sharing with others 
his love. As simple as this may seem, this could change somebody's life. In fact, our team is praying that this will change people's lives. You don't know who God's going to tell you to give it to, but you be prepared. So these baskets are going to be in the back of the room, and you take as many of these cards as you know you're giving out. And I encourage you, church, tomorrow morning, put it in your pocket. Pray that prayer. Give me boldness to share my faith today, Jesus. Bring me to someone that I might say, you should come to my church. Give me ears to hear the hurt that they're expressing in their life or the good things. And you know those good things, they're not forever. You should come to my church. We're going to be people who change Long Island with the gospel of Jesus. I want to pray for you right now that you and I would be prepared and that we're going to sing a song. And in it, it's the Lord's Prayer. It says, our Father, have your way. His way is what we just read. Lost people found. So let's pray. Father, we, we say this morning, make us bold. We say, give us the heart that you have for those around us who don't know you. May we not be better at talking about so many things that truly don't matter and don't last and not know how to talk about our Savior, Jesus, your Son. God, use these simple cards to make a profound and eternal difference in the lives of those we give them to. I pray that we would be a church that loves others. And like the woman did that day, we'd be ready to say, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. May we have our personal testimony and a personal invitation ready. May we leave here excited and encouraged, not overwhelmed, not timid, but joy-filled, ready to see the people in our lives come to know you. We love you, Lord. As we continue to pray, I want to say to you, maybe you don't know the Lord today. You've never called on his name. You wouldn't say that you're a Christian or that you've confessed your sin to him. And yet you're hearing the gospel that says, apart from Jesus, we are lost in our sin, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ. As a church, we're going to pray together. And I invite you, say this prayer, but not just words. May you surrender your life to the Lord and leave today, October 30th, knowing I've been made new by Jesus. Church, let's pray together. We say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died and rose again so I could be forgiven. Thank you for new life. Today I surrender mine. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we believe what Scripture says, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved.